We are living in a complex world. Sin complicates everything, and only the truth of Christ can return us to simplicity. Today, we look at a powerful phrase found often in Scripture and apply one thing to our lives. What is the one thing God is trying to teach you right now? Let's join Scott Pauling as we find our place in the Word of God. Did you know that you can't outwit the Lord Jesus Christ? You can't outreason Him, you can't outthink Him because He is the all-wise, all-knowing God. We're returning to the doctor's office yet again today to find the diagnosis and the prescription of one thing God wants all of us to know. Now, you remember in Luke chapter number 6, we began with one question, and that question was to reveal to us how sinful and evil our own hearts are. Even religious people are full of themselves. And then in Luke chapter 18, we met a rich young ruler, and we discovered the one lack. For him, it was his riches. For each of us, it may be yet another thing, but there's something between us and the Lord that we must identify, let the Lord identify, and yield that to Christ. Now we come to Luke chapter number 20 to another fascinating discussion. I, honestly, I love the divine humor of the Bible, and I chuckle to myself as I try to put myself in their sandals and imagine the conversation between these religious people and Christ. They tried to trip him. They tried to, to trap him, uh, but you can't corner Christ because he's the truth, and the truth always cuts through deception. Listen to Luke chapter 20, verse 1. And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, the chief priest and the scribes came upon him with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority doest thou these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? And he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then believed ye him not? But, and if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they be persuaded that John was a prophet. And they answered that they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Now, this is what you call a rhetorical question. You see, really, there wasn't a good answer. Uh, if they gave the right answer, they had to confess that Christ was Christ. And if they gave the wrong answer, uh, then they were going to be in trouble with the people. They were proverbially caught between a rock and a hard place, and the Lord Jesus knew exactly what was in their heart. Now, we've seen in Luke chapter number 6 one question that probes, and in Luke 18 one lack that convicts, and now we come to one answer. Because the emphasis here in Luke 20 is not so much on the questions, it's on the answer. You see, his question demanded some definite answer from them. And by the way, we all have to answer Christ for ourselves. And what was the real issue? The issue was one of authority. Listen to verse 2 again. Tell us, by what authority doest thou these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? I want to tell you today that all of life is about authority. Now, that's why our world is in such a mess right now, because nobody wants to acknowledge authority anymore. Nobody respects authority. Uh, we're living in a culture 
that decries authority. No one should tell me what to do. No one should really be in charge. And yet, friends, someone has to be in charge. What was this little question all about? Notice, again, something I pointed out to you when we began our study, that our Lord answered their question with a question. He turned it back around on them. I think so often we're questioning God about things, but the Lord is asking us certain questions, and he's using those questions to try to lead us to an understanding. You see, the one thing Christ wanted them to acknowledge was the divine authority of Christ. Don't miss this. It's all about this, who gets to be in charge. Every struggle in a family, you know what it's about? Who gets to be the boss? Uh, Is it uh, husband or wife? Is it parents or children? Every conflict in a church, it's about who gets to get their way. And friend, the only way uh, to fix such strife and conflict in sinful hearts and relationships is this. We must let the Lord have his way. He's the rightful king. He's he's the one who, who has the crown upon his head. He's the one with a scepter in his hand. He's the one seated on the throne of the universe. And he's the one, uh, both by creation and by redemption, who has the right to tell us what we're supposed to do. I wonder, does the Lord Jesus Christ have that kind of authority in your heart and in your life today? I'm afraid that we have not made enough out of the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, he is the Lord. In fact, Scripture identifies him as the Lord of all, as the Lord of lords. But I'd like to ask you a personal question today. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of you? Is Jesus Christ seated upon the throne of your heart and life? Does he rule every thought? Does he reign over every emotion? As C.T. Studd used to say that in every heart, there is a cross and a throne, and someone's on both. He said, if Jesus is on the throne, then you'll have to be on the cross, dead to self. But if you're still seated upon the throne, then you're leaving Jesus on the cross, and that's not where he's supposed to be. Our Lord's cross work is finished. He is alive and well, and he deserves to be sitting on the throne of our life. Dear friend, is Jesus on the outside looking in at your life? Or is he where he's supposed to be, seated upon the throne in the throne room of your heart? Do you see how in all of these scriptures the Lord is just bringing us back to one thing? Such simplicity. One question that would reveal how sinful man was. One lack that would reveal the greatest need is spiritual. And one answer that would bring us to acknowledge that Jesus Christ truly is the Lord. And to say, yes, Lord, I'll give you the keys to every room and let your divine authority rule and reign in my life. I want to ask you today to ask the Lord something. If you're brave enough, if you're courageous enough, will you take the challenge? I dare you. Ask the Lord, Lord, reveal one thing to me. Reveal the one area of my life where I'm holding on to sin. Reveal the one area of my life that has not been yielded and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because the one thing God wants to show us, to reveal to us, is our great need and his great sufficiency. See, the Lord's always working on both ends. He's showing us us, and he's showing us him. Would you let God get personal with you today? Would you let God get specific with you today? It's amazing to me how you can teach the Bible, just give Bible truth, and while you're teaching through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is shooting arrows from heaven to individual hearts, and he's dealing with specific and definite things. 
And maybe the pastor hasn't called your thing recently, but the Holy Spirit has. Let's stop living general, generic Christian lives, and let's get specific and definite with God. How do you do that? Let the Lord get specific and definite with you. We're coming back to this phrase, one thing, found in other portions of Scripture as we continue our study. But I want to pause today and pray with you and pray for you. And while I pray, I want to challenge you to pray. And pray this prayer, Lord, show me the one thing that needs to be yielded to you. Our Father, I thank you for the simplicity and the power of Holy Scripture. And I thank you, Lord, that through a simple question or through a simple statement, like a dagger to the heart, the sword of the Spirit cuts deep to the intents of our heart, to our thoughts. And I pray now that in many places and in many lives, the Holy Spirit will do just that. Oh, Lord, reveal to us our great need and your great sufficiency today. Bring us in life down to one thing. Help us do business with you in that one area. And then out of that victory, Lord, I pray that so much blessing will come. Use the word today in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. All of us at Enjoying the Journey are grateful for the opportunity to share these few moments with you. It is our sincere prayer that God will use His Word in your life throughout the day and that the simple truth will help you to know the next step He has for you. We look forward to our next study together. Until then, visit our online home at enjoyingthejourney.org. We would love to hear from you.